house of the Lord. And uh, I appreciate all, as I mentioned this morning, who were involved in our drama and everything that's been going on. I think this coming Wednesday we will not be uh, broadcasting a service, but we will be in the prayer room again while they make some uh, final adjustments out here during Wednesday night service, getting sort of some of the final uh, parts of this put down. But I do appreciate the tremendous amount of work. This week, of course, Monday, Acts, uh, Monday night, Grow Bible study at 715, uh, Tuesday morning, ladies' prayer, Wednesday night service, and it will be the last of the uh, grief share for this uh, period. And then, of course, we will have uh, Bible study in the uh, prayer room, and we will then have uh, Friday morning, early morning prayer, and then uh, Saturday uh, is run with fire, throw with fire, and that's over at the YMCA, and it is out uh, <clears throat> at Flory Park, and we have invited several people. We have several runners. I hope as many of you that can come, maybe you can't stay from nine to one, but you can come for part of it, and you can uh, come back and forth. There are going to be food trucks. There are going to be people and the thing for the children, and I hope uh, <clears throat> we will take advantage of some of what has been the hard, hard work that um, went into this activity. And unfortunately, uh, we tried to uh, put a date that didn't interfere with other, the other runners, but it was close to Easter weekend. And so it has been exhausting for uh, our church. And I appreciate the refreshing that we felt tonight from the Holy Ghost because, in fact, um, that's what the Lord, when, when we read about uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, and uh, we go, uh, I'm trying to go here, let's see where I am there. Uh, revelation, the first chapter. Um, anyway, hallelujah. Um, there it is, uh, where he said uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then I talked about how John uh, viewed the Lord and then how there was the transition from the second chapter and the third chapter where Jesus is standing in the midst of the candlesticks. As I just mentioned, he's standing in the midst of the churches. And not all of those churches were good. Not all of those churches were churches that I would like to say, oh boy, I pastor this church, I pastor that church, I pastor, you know, unfortunately they were collectively a unit. You know, I know some people that think, and I understand, you know, we are the temple of the, the Lord and we are are the presence of the Lord, but it's good to be a part of a church. It's important to be part of a church. I know you can try to act like the Lone Ranger, but there is something about the strength and the unity because let me tell you, if you think you're going to get to heaven and you're just going to have a little mansion somewhere in the corner of glory, the whole city is going to be there. And if you're like me, my experience of living in the city is that sometimes you have bad neighbors. <laughs> neighbors you don't always agree with. Neighbors you, huh? All right. 
maybe y'all have never had those, but I'm just telling you, you know, where I've lived, whether it's been in Arkansas or here at times. So, Lord, help us that we will be a part of the city uh, that the Lord has made. And so when you realize that uh, that's the ultimate plan of the Lord and he has left us to be his testimony or his witness here on earth. And so I went through the churches this morning about uh, that the Lord talked about. He talked about Ephesus. He talked about Smyrna. And Ephesus opens up that first church. You're hardworking, but you've lost your love. You've lost your presence. Now I need you to eat of the, the tree of life. And I'm telling you, that's what we were doing here tonight. In the midst of all of this work, don't ever forget the most important thing that we do is have a service like we had here for 50 minutes. It's more important than the drama. It's more important than run with fire. It's more important than any program we have that we touch the Lord. Acts is a great program and we do it, but I, I told Sister Denise when we first started, the one thing I want is to remember that this is still a place for people to touch the hem of his all of his garment and uh, touch the presence of Almighty God. So when you see that in Ephesus and then Smyrna and then Pergamos, and I went through all of these this morning, and Thyra, Thyra, Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia and then Laodicea and then what the Lord basically was saying is you're going to have to be saved from this untoward generation. And what he showed us in Revelation is that this generation is going to creep into the church. The Lord didn't abandon the church but you know what he did? He got out a sword. He got feet with, that were on fire. And he starts walking up and down in the midst of it, saying, it's time to repent. Don't forget where I brought you from. I'm going to give you a new stone. You read it in the book of Revelation. So Revelation is a powerful, and I know a lot of people like to, talk about the dragon and the frogs that fall and they like to hear all about all the, you know, the beast with seven heads and ten horns and twelve legs and green eyes and that that's all exciting. But let me tell you, to me, the most exciting vision is that Jesus is still in the midst of the church. And the reason I believe that the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation is the rapture of the church is because when John gets to the fifth chapter, he sees the lion of the tribe of Judah and he turns to look and there's one that looks like the lamb sitting on the throne. And my worry is if the lamb has left the church and gone and sat on the throne, <laughs> I'm hoping the church went with him. You see what I'm saying? I don't want the Lord up there until we're all up there. That's why we have the presence of Almighty God. And so when we, we went through and we read what Simon Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you. And then he ended that by saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. Then Paul to the church at Galatia. Uh, then, next slide. Uh, <clears throat> 
I, I, whatever, Galatia. I went too far. There it is. Paul to the church of Galatia said, I, uh, go back. Sorry. Uh, one more, go back, right there. He said the same sort of thing. He said to this church, he said that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Then in Philippians, he said, do all things without murmuring and disputing. And that was the slide that I left off as in the days of Noah at the bottom of it. Uh, he said, do it all without murmuring and disputing and you should live blameless and harmless in the midst of a crooked generation. Next slide. Sorry. <clears throat> I'm, there it is. Perfect. That you should live. Nope. One more. Well, sorry. What, what is showing up here is not up there. So I'm going to just let you do it. All right. He said in Philippians, live in the midst of this crooked. Go back. You've gone way too far. Go back. Go back. There it is. Whoop. Too far. Shine in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And then I, I told you about Noah. Next slide, 1 Peter, 3rd chapter, 18th verse. Christ suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. I want to tell you, in this hour, I don't know how you can make it without the quickening of the Spirit of God. He said, which sometimes were disobedient when the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved. How? By water. The like figure whereunto baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The very fact that we are able to go down in the water of baptism and come up and realize that the Lord is able to take my sins away. I'm able to do what we were doing here for 50 minutes, just feasting on the presence of Almighty God. What a privilege that is. They say, come and dine. The master calleth, come and dine. And I, now, now we're going to Romans, and I'm going to carry out in Romans, and that's going to be the end. I, I want to show you something, though, kind of important here in the book of Romans. Romans, the 8th chapter, the 8th through the 11th verse. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be what? The spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of now is it God or is it Christ? The only way you can read this is it's got to be the same. Now, he said he is none of his. And if specifically Christ be in you, then the body is dead because of sin. 
But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Notice where it says Christ is in us. Same chapter down to the 33rd verse. Romans 8th chapter. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, rather that is risen again, who is at the... Is Christ in me, or is he making intercession for me? Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad he's not only in me, but he's the one sitting on the throne. He's the one that's got all of this in the palm of his hand. I know people say, oh, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe there's still, I can't believe this. You know what? There is nothing that is catching God off guard. This hour, it may feel like everything is splintering and going apart, but let me tell you, God is still in control. That's why Paul would keep writing and he would say it like this. Who? shall separate us from the love of Christ. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. And it is written for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principality nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature. Stay in the church. (laughs) Stay in the body. Stay in the revelation of Jesus Christ because I want to tell you something. I, there is nothing when you when you have, a, whether it's a service like this, whether it's a prayer meeting at home, whether you get up, you put some music on and you begin to just pray as you, you know, and I know some of us, you say, oh, I don't have time. I pray as I'm driving to work. That's better than nothing. Just don't close your eyes. <laughs> But you need to have some time when you get into the presence of the love of God. When you forget the love of God, everything gets warped. Everything gets out of place. Everything feels like, why is it worth it? What am I doing? What's, why, what's the reason for any of this? If you can't feel the love of God. That's why what we felt here tonight, I, I encourage you whether it's you know, you put on some music and you worship in your prayer closet, whether it's you come to prayer meeting, whether it's you come do what we were doing here tonight, and you say, well, pastor, I don't need that. I'm going to tell you what, if you could understand like I do all of the spirits that are out there that will try to attack your mind, your emotions, how much more I need the presence of Almighty God. Let's stand. Hallelujah. I, I, I want you to realize that we 
are the testimony of Jesus Christ. I wonder sometimes if I could be like John, get thrown on an island, and the only thing they could say about me is he held on to the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. It was all about the testimony of Jesus Christ. I want to show Christ to someone. I want someone to see Christ in me. You say, well, pastor, I don't know. I, I can't do it. You can't do it humanly. Amen. That's why he would say things like mortify the body. It's going to take the spirit that quickened him inside me. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I'm here to tell you, you ought to be asking God every day, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I need your spirit. I want to tell you, we have a, a world that I, I, every week I think, well, this is the worst it'll be. Something else happens. And you just go, Lord, what's happening? And maybe you've never said it. Unfortunately, I've lived long enough to go, what's going on with our world? It's nuts. Maybe that's not politically correct. It's goofy. And when you see the questions and, the, and, and you say, well, is it just Democrats? No, it's Republicans, Democrats, teachers, doctors, lawyers, butchers, bankers, candlestick makers. I need the presence of the Lord. I've got to be a revelation of Jesus. Let's love him one more time.